Welcome to the Community of Faith podcast, where you will hear the exposition of God's Word taught by Rev. Patrick Parham, pastor of Faith Community Fellowship in Bristol, Tennessee. If you are in the Bristol area and would like to visit, please join us for Sunday morning worship beginning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online. Visit our website, faith-cf.org. That's faith-cf.org. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faithcommunityfellowshipbristol. That's all one word, Faith Community Fellowship Bristol. Here at Faith Community Fellowship, our goal is to ensure that what we do is edifying to our Heavenly Father, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Let's join Pastor Pat as he brings us God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll begin our reading at verse 8. I will be making some references back to the previous seven verses from last time, but our reading is going to begin in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll read down through the end of the chapter, verse 18. The Scripture says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that He who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to the portion of the service now, where we look into Your Word and search for principles that will help us as Your people live for You effectively in this world. Help us to bring more glory to You and to love You more fervently. I ask that You would open our spiritual minds, enlighten our spiritual eyes, and cause us to be able to comprehend this passage in a way that's beneficial for us and true to the passage. I ask that You, through Your Word, would become our teacher. Show us what You would have us to know from Your wonderful Word this morning. We love You and we desire to serve and love You more every day. In Jesus' most holy name, Amen. Now Paul is continuing here in a topic, broadly speaking, of not losing heart. He goes on and gives a brief description of circumstances and attitudes in his ministry. 
But as we saw last time, Paul is committed to the proclamation of the gospel. He's committed to the life-giving spirit filled and initiated ministry of righteousness. Regardless of what happens to him, he's committed to that. In verse 2 of chapter 4, his basic approach to ministry is giving. You are our epistle. Now, verse 2, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handing the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifesting the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He wanted to speak openly and freely about the Gospel. Then last time we saw Paul describing opposing forces. In verses 3-7, through he talks about first the God of this world, and we know that is to be Satan. And Satan is intent on keeping people away from Jesus, so he blinds them in order that they cannot see the light of the Gospel. He does not want the glory of Christ to shine on them. But Paul understood that the power of the Gospel is of God, not in himself. He's just a servant. He preaches the message of the cross for Jesus' sake. We saw that in verse 5. You see, if we preach the Scriptures and we preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ, that gives the Holy Spirit something to work with when He comes to command the light to shine out of darkness in people's hearts. When He comes to share the light to the knowledge of the glory of God. And then in verse 7, He talks about we have this treasure, the treasure of the Gospel, the treasure of the life-giving ministry of righteousness in earthen vessels. And that is for the purpose that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of the messenger. Now as he moves on, he talks about trials abounding in verses 8-12. through 12. And as he talks about this, many commentators believe that he is alluding to a wrestling match or something along those lines as an illustration. And that might be, but either way it could be easily understood whether or not you go along with that analogy. He says, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Maybe that is a wrestler. I don't know. Maybe he is trying to picture a person in their minds being pressed down on the mat, but he isn't pinned yet. He's still got room to kind of wiggle around a little bit. He's looking for a way to counter. He's in trouble, but he hasn't lost that match yet. He doesn't know which way to go, but he's thinking ahead, actively planning a counterattack, trying to escape. Things have happened fast. They aren't going the way that he wants, but there's still hope. He's not in despair. He said, I'm persecuted, verse 9, but I'm not forsaken. You see, he understood that ever since his Damascus Road experience, Paul knew that he was going to suffer for the Lord. That's what he told him up front. He told Ananias, when you go to talk to Paul, you tell him, I, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. But I will show him many things he must suffer for my sake. And the persecutions, Paul understood they were allowed by the Lord, but he never was forsaken by God. He said, I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. He said, I'm thrown down a lot of times, but I'm never deserted. You think back in the missionary journeys of Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Silas. This happened over and over that God delivered Paul from his enemies. Oh, think of Elamis over there on the Isle of 
Cyprus and how he withstood Paul on that first missionary journey. Or, or, or maybe you might think in your mind at the time he was stoned there at Lystra and people gave up on him. He was dead, but he wasn't dead. He got up, walked back into the town. And then there was the time when they, uh, they, they beat him with rods, he and Silas, and put him in the jail there in Philippi. But the Lord came and delivered these uh, two missionaries from the mob there as well. Or, they were plotting against him over in Corinth, but he found about that and went back to Jerusalem a different way. On and on he could go. But later in this epistle, Paul is going to give us the key to all of this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, as Paul ministered, and you look at verse 12, he said, I'm always dying to myself, but I want Jesus to be shown His life to be lived through me. That is, Paul's life illustrated the sufferings of Christ. And we'll be looking at some of those sufferings over in chapter 11 later on. He said, I carry about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So I die daily. You see that over in 1 Corinthians. For the reason, the purpose, that Jesus' life may be shown in my body. You see, every time Paul was delivered of whatever situation he was in, it was living proof that Jesus was alive and was protecting him in his ministry. He said, verse 11, he said, We who live, I, I am delivered to death for Jesus' sake, living as one condemned, again for the purpose that the life of Jesus might be shown in our mortal flesh. Maybe seen at work, as he talked about earlier, in that earthen vessel. Verse 12, he goes so far as to say, death is working in me. First Corinthians, listen to this verse. I think that God has displayed us, the apostles last, as men condemned to death, but we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. So death is working in me, but life is working in you. Life in his converts, in particular, now he's writing to the converts in the city of Corinth, life as a result of his sharing the gospel with them and they believing it. You see, as Paul shared the message regardless of persecution, the Spirit gave life to the individuals who believed. And the same is true today. Over and over in the Scriptures and in our personal experience, we understand that whatever Christians go through, or at least we should understand it, Jesus never forsakes us. That is His promise. It is our reality. That gives ability for us to minister and power to the message of the Gospel. It should be the means through we as individuals and the church as a whole approach the Great Commission and live our lives in general. We can go and make disciples because I am with you always even to the end of the age. And then going back to our passage here, verse 13, it says, We believe and therefore speak. The concept is Paul had such a belief of faith and the power of the Gospel that he would speak that message regardless of the consequences. He wrote over in Romans, I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The Jew first and also for the Greeks. I have the same spirit of faith that was written about back in Psalm 116 and verse 10. 
And if you go back there and read where he's referring to, Psalm 116 and verse 10, read the preceding and the verses after, you'll find that that writer is writing in the midst of and about being persecuted. He's in afflictions. But in the middle of those afflictions, he writes, I believe, therefore I spoke. What shall I render to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? He said, I believe with the same spirit of faith that the Old Testament psalmist wrote about. I believe in the hope of the resurrection in verse 14. Knowing that He who raised up the Lord from the dead and that was a well-established fact. That was never doubted among the Christians. And that's a basis of the Christian faith. It's the source of hope. Paul wrote back in 1 Corinthians 15 again, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins, but he went right on in that same chapter and wrote, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He said, Knowing that God has raised up the Lord, He will also raise us up and present us with you. Jesus did say, because I live, you will live also. He also said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He said, well, I have the same faith that the Old Testament saints have. In the message. I have the same hope of the resurrection that Jesus instilled in my soul. And I have you, the Corinthians, best interest. Your very salvation at heart. Verse 15. All things are for your sakes. All things are for your sakes. And when we think of that, we think of our Lord in verse like 1 John 3 and 16. But by this we know love because He laid down His life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He said, I do all things for your sakes with the purpose that the grace that comes from God is spread through many more people and that will result in thanksgiving abounding to the glory of God. The grace that flows from Calvary Saving people gives them the ability to bring thanksgiving to God and that abounds to the glory of God. It gives Him the praise for His love, mercy and grace and salvation and all of these wonderful truths that we hold so dear. Now, Paul had a faith in the power of the Gospel. He had a faith that God could deliver him from and end persecution. He believed, let me say it this way, he believed in the power of the message even if it was at the expense of the messenger. But for us here this morning, I was telling my wife yesterday, I read through a passage like this and I think, I have never suffered for the Lord. I mean, the worst thing anybody's ever done to me is slam their face, I'm going to slam the door. And what I do? I went home and complained to my wife about that. I mean, we never have suffered for the Lord, but Paul did. And Paul's writing in this setting. So for us this morning, a good starting point is to simply believe that since God saved us through the message of the cross, He certainly can take that same message and save others and perhaps use us to take it. 
someone brought the message to us. And perhaps God would be pleased to take the message of the cross to others through us as well. And another great help of this type of passage is knowing that as others come to salvation, the grace of God will be enjoyed by them as well. Their hearts as well as ours will be filled with thanksgiving to God and all of that works together with abounding to the glory of God. Then in verse 16, he goes back to that phrase, therefore we do not lose heart. Notice how many times Paul uses that phrase. It's in 1 Corinthians, it's in 2 Corinthians, it's in other places. Do not lose heart. Why do you reckon that the Holy Spirit had that put in the Scriptures so many times? Because He knows how we are. He knows our way of thinking. He knows our tendency to depression. How easily we get distracted from our mission if we don't see immediate results. So the Bible reminds us over and over that God is the source of our strength. It isn't us. The Spirit is the one who implants life in sinners. And if we just plant the seed and leave the results up to God, we will be blessed. He said, I don't lose heart even though my outward man is perishing because the inward man is renewed every day. You see, the outward man has not been redeemed yet, but will be in the resurrection while the inner man has already been saved. We have the Spirit of God Himself residing within these earthen vessels now while we live in this world. He is the source of our strength and He is the antidote to depression. He is the one that makes growing old and the certainty of death bearable for He has assured us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, I believe these things even if I am afflicted in verse 17. You see, the Paul nor the Bible as a general rule, it never denies reality. What it does is gives us the knowledge of the Scripture so that we can have hope and rest and peace in reality. Even if that included suffering. He said, I know my affliction is light and temporary. When you read of His affliction, you might not think of it that way. When you read of the affliction of our Lord, you certainly wouldn't think of it that way. But He said, you do if you compare it with eternity. It's working for me a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And He's speaking of suffering for Jesus. Now sometimes I've got involved in suffering simply because I made a bad decision. That's not what He's talking about. He's talking about suffering for Jesus here as we are involved in ministry for His kingdom will work a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You remember the Sermon on the Mount the Lord in in Matthew 5 said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for My sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. He said, I know I'm afflicted some now, but that's not even to be considered in comparison to the glory that we'll have in heaven. And he said, I have an eternal vision. I have an eternal outlook on life. And that's another thing that keeps us out of depression and out of losing heart is have an eternal outlook. He said, I don't look at things which are seen. He didn't 
just ignore what went on around him. The Lord didn't either. What he's saying is, I'm not concentrating on this world. I'm rather concentrating on the next world. So I concentrate and I look at things which are not seen because they are eternal. Things such as the life of God gives through His Spirit. The light of the Gospel shining in our hearts. The wonder of knowing God can and does use us in His work. Knowledge that even though our outward man is perishing, and if the Lord doesn't come back first, we're going to die. But there is coming a day when our bodies will also be redeemed by the power of Jesus and reunited with our spirits. And we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. As we conclude our thoughts, look back at verse 10. Paul spoke of the body and life of Jesus, the life of Jesus being manifested in His body. That's a scriptural goal for us as well. For as we live, people should see Christ living through us. And that's, that's scriptural based on Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And in verse 14, he speaks of faith that just as surely as God raised Jesus from the dead, He's also going to raise up those who believe in His saving grace. That is a foundation stone in the Christian's faith. Jesus is the first roots. The full harvest is yet to come. In Thessalonians, it talks about the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we shall always be with the Lord. As this is a wonderful knowledge, is a foundation stone of our faith, let me suggest it also should be an impetus to ministry. Because we who have experienced the power of the gospel personally should have a desire for others to know Jesus as well. We who have the hope of the resurrection and the return of Jesus should want others to enjoy that wonderful hope as well. And then lastly, verse 16 says, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. How do we accomplish that? Well, one way that would help us very much is to concentrate on renewing that inner man day by day. Remembering that any suffering or uncomfortable circumstances in this world if they're by and for the cause of Jesus are short-lived and will bring us glory in heaven, and keeping our vision on spiritual things, as Paul says, the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this wonderful passage of Scripture and for the encouragement it gives to us. Help us as Your people to believe in the power of the Gospel very strongly. Help us to rely on and look forward to the resurrection of our bodies in Jesus Christ. And help us to live victorious lives and not to lose heart by keeping our eyes focused on the things which are not seen, which are eternal. We love you in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pat, for another wonderful message from God's Word. 
I hope that you have enjoyed listening to Pastor Pat's message. If this has been a blessing to you, please like and follow this podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to support this ministry and the other ministry opportunities at Faith Community Fellowship, please visit our website, faith-cf.org support. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Community of Faith.